Hi, you're listening to the Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today for episode 202, I'm speaking with Jeff Yu of Binance Australia. This show brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. If you're in the US, absolutely get your auto stacking on with Swan. It's so simple, even a no-coiner could do it. Step one, auto fund USD from your bank account. Two, auto stack Bitcoin. And three, auto withdraw to your cold storage. Swan does not charge withdrawal fees. They want you to follow Bitcoin best practices and hold your own keys. Swan crushes Coinbase's fees for recurring buys by up to 80% and Cash App's fees by up to 57%. Set it and forget. Enjoy your life. Just Swan and chill. Go to swanbitcoin.com slash Levera to start auto stacking with Swan today. Be sure to use swanbitcoin.com slash Levera to get $10 of Bitcoin dropped into your account when you start stacking with Swan. This show also brought to you by Unchained Capital, Bitcoin native financial services. I love the work Unchained are doing to make multi-signature accessible, and they're really doing it in a way that respects the not your keys, not your coins ethos of Bitcoin. So if you're thinking about your Bitcoin security, why not consider going from zero to multi-sig with Unchained? They're offering a Vault Concierge onboarding package where you can get a guided setup call and have hardware wallet devices mailed out to you. So the prices range from $1,500, which includes two hardware wallets, down to $1,000 just for the setup assistance, and this includes $1,000 in the Vault. So if you're interested in that, make sure you use the code LAVERA for a discount. And for those needing a loan, Unchained also offer Bitcoin collateralized loans, enabling you to get US dollars without incurring the capital gains tax. Go to unchained-capital.com. So for this chat with Jeff, we talk about his experience in the Australian Bitcoin meetup scene, particularly in Brisbane. Also some of the earlier day stories around transactional commerce with Bitcoin, running nodes, how to earn, and also Binance. Just note, Jeff is working with Binance Australia, though his views here are his own and not the views of Binance. Here's the interview. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for fun. Thanks for the invite. Jeff, I know you've been around the Bitcoin scene in Australia and you know, you're doing some stuff now with Binance Australia. Let's hear a little bit about yourself and what were you doing before all this Bitcoin stuff? So my background is in um, design. So I'm, I'm not from a tech background. So I was previously the chief product officer for Travel by Bit, which is a crypto-friendly um, startup in based in Queensland. So um, earlier last year, I was the um, uh, I, I led the uh, founding of Binance Lite Australia, which is a uh, um, cash to crypto, uh, cash to Bitcoin brokerage uh, that we launched in Australia, allowing you know uh, Aussies to buy Bitcoin at over a thousand three hundred news agents in, uh, in Australia. And um, uh, so sometime before. Uh, sometime around last, maybe last uh, last quarter. So I was appointed the CEO for Binance Australia, uh, where we launched, you know, uh, zero fee deposits and withdrawals, uh, AUD withdrawals into Binance.com um, through PayID and stuff like that. Awesome, man. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story of how you found Bitcoin as well. So what what was it about Bitcoin that attracted you to it? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So I discovered Bitcoin in, I believe it was 2013. You know, when that uh, secret uh, financial crisis happened, when uh, uh, I, yes. I, I saw in the news, it's like people's savings, 50% of people's savings was confiscated by their own government. And I'm like, oh, is that, is that true? So I look into it and in fact, it's, it's possible. So, and then I did some digging and I found this thing called Bitcoin on, on Reddit. Uh, it was like an explain like I'm five uh, post. I think I still have that link because I, I I was so amazed by it. I shared it on my Facebook page back then. I think it's still there. 
uh, somewhere around April 2013, I believe. And um, and my I, got, I come from Malaysia, so Malaysia is a country known for its you know uh, you know financial cleanliness, I would say. So it obviously <laughs> made me made me made me pretty aware that uh, I have to start looking for I'm looking out for alternatives. And you know, Bitcoin being that you know that that money, the monetary system that no one controls and no one can manipulate and no one can censor, it immediately caught my attention. And this is something that is really really important um, down the line. Um, because you know, as we move on, progress into a more digital world, um, it's our choice to to sort of like promote and sort of bring people into um, a digital world that is monitored, is surveilled, is censorable, censorable, or a digital future that is uncensorable and everyone can use it and it belongs to the people. So um, yeah, that's my background. And I think I think one one interesting thing is that I came to Australia maybe a couple of years ago, and the first thing that I did, uh, guess what? I, I went to a Bitcoin meetup. Before I even got a place to sell, <laughs> yeah, I, I just chuck my like luggages into an Airbnb and I hop off, hop onto a meetup. I time it really perfectly so that when I get there, um, I remember it was uh, Lucas hosting it in in in, in University of Queensland. It was a screening of uh, of uh, I think the end of money as we know it, or one of those docos uh, that 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 was pretty popular back then. Yeah, and then since then, um, I've been in the space uh, back and forth. Um, doing a lot of doing a lot of things. I've experimented with different startups. I advise a couple of you know companies in a space, and uh, you know sooner sooner that led me to you know Stefan and, and, and I knew Stefan from uh, the Sydney scene. I went to a couple of uh, meetups there, and we soon pretty much hit off right off the bat. That's great, man. Yeah. And so, look, I'd love to ch- chat a little bit about the Bitcoin meetup scene and your involvement. Uh, I know you've been around the Brisbane scene for a little while. Tell us about your experience with the Brisbane meetups. Yeah. And it's a, it's a it's interesting, interesting story. So it, it always started as Bitcoin because back then there was no there was no rave about altcoins and, and things like that. And uh, it was pretty much everyone was there. There was people from from, there from students, there were people from you know, people that retired. Uh, they're all really interested about technology. And sooner or later, uh, that it kind of split up into different paths. There is the Bitcoiner meetup and there is the blockchain meetup. And in, in back then it was not called blockchain meetup, still called Ethereum meetup. I still remember. And um and then that's kind of where things diverge. And the Ethereum meetup kind of grew very, really, really big, and they call themselves the Blockchain Meetup right now. Uh, they have like you know more members than the Bitcoin Meetup when it first started, and and the whole ICO thing happened. You know, there's you no know, that their meetups grew to like a couple of hundreds per session, and right now, and I sort of like see that that kind of died down already, and people are starting to have that that uh, that that merge conversation back again together, which is really interesting because um, during during those times where you know people were still fighting Bitcoin, not Bitcoin, um, it was kind of annoying uh, a little bit sometimes because people tend to sort of over politicize and and you know this kind of infighting is not really healthy for the for the ecosystem. So it's good good to see that you know that you know in early late last year and early this year, and you kind of kind of see like the two groups kind of merging in together and have a, have a more heated uh, sort of conversation and and. And uh, discussion around, you know, why Bitcoin, why not Bitcoin, um, you know, blockchain and or blockchain versus Bitcoin, and yeah, that kind of that kind of conversation. Right, and I know they have hosted some debates up there as well. So, were you around for any of those? I I, I remember explicitly one of those uh, debates was the, I think it was about a year after the uh, the. The, the Bcash fork. So uh, when BCH forked off Bitcoin, um, obviously there was it was a split on opinions, and uh, I remember those debates were pretty. 
um, I can I can sense from an external perspective if I'm if I'm here to learn about you know Bitcoin and all this great technology and I hear people debating about you know Blockstream and and, and, and things like that. It's, it's just it's just really pretty and I and I I'm pretty glad that phase kind of went through because right now if you hear people you know bring up those debates again and you know it's beating like a dead horse and people. You know, tend not to listen or pay too much attention or give too much credit to those kind of discussions, which is pretty good. Right. And what was the focus as well? Now, in my experience with the Australian Bitcoin meetup scene is for some time, it was seen like, you know, TA was Bitcoin, right? It was like people went to the Bitcoin meetup and they were just do, doing this whole crayon drawing exercise uh, where I was more interested in, you know, talking about economics and technology of Bitcoin. What was your experience with that over the years? Oh, uh, I I, rem- I remember um, there was some trader focus meetups. I wasn't really you know I wasn't really you know into that because in Brisbane there was there was uh, mostly just a very geeky kind of uh, conversation. Um, people were exploring you know even before Lightning Network, people were exploring um, you know interoperability between blockchains. Um, there was discussions of paper. There was a project back then called the Comet or something, um, and and it, it was it was really tech and geeky. So my, my experience with meetups is pretty much uh, around that technology technology focus um, space. Um, and, and it's kind of what why why I why I drew interest in the Bitcoin as well is because there was um, not just a financial revolution, but it also brought on a you know an entire way of looking at how we how we actually uh, you know do internet of things. Instead of having you know you know centralized systems talking to centralized systems, now you can have distributed systems talking to decentralized systems like Bitcoin versus you know Lightning Network. Yeah, and as I think you know, I think the the feeling in the air is quite strong right now. Like a lot of people are thinking, well, look, we're we're really on the cusp of this kind of big next run. We're going to see a lot of people coming in. Uh, so then it comes to that question of how are we going to educate these new people, right? Because And I think Bitcoin meetups are a big part of this, and that's how we can teach people the values, right? Like why you should learn to run your own Bitcoin node and why you should hold your own keys and things like that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on ways that uh, that can be done in terms of driven, in terms of the Australian scene? Yeah, I think that's an interesting, interesting question about notes. Um, I, I mean, before I answer the full question, I would like, if you see the point on notes, and notes are very, very important um, part of you know the whole Bitcoin uh, protocol because like what nodes do uh, from a beginner standpoint is that it validates the, uh, the the truth of the protocol. If someone injects a malicious um, version of Bitcoin, um, if you're running a node, you can easily detect which is malicious and you can choose to trust it or not trust it. Um, and if you know collectively everyone doesn't trust the malicious version or the malicious upgrade, um, Bitcoin stays you know s- stays at its is. So it's really important. Versus like you know you, you know one of those things where you get a false upgrade from your from your Uber Eats app and you you, know, you got no choice but to upgrade to use it. You know Bitcoin is different. You know you can choose which version of Bitcoin you want to you, you want to stay on. I mean like the backwards compatibility of Bitcoin, which is a, a term that you know people use in tech that says that a version that is you know released much later it's compatible and it's usable uh, to the earliest version possible. So if you're running Bitcoin version, you know, uh, you know, the, one of the early ones, like 0.1 something, um, you are able to still communicate with, you know, the latest, um, you know, Bitcoin, um, you know, Bitcoin core protocol. So and, and another thing that Node does is that it relays information between peers so that it's, a, you know, Bitcoin is a P2P gossip network. Um, if I if I send money to you and how that money get received, you know, and, and relay its true notes, 
So the more nodes there is, it ensures that no one, uh, the lesser chance it gets intercept, you know, and, and, and corrupted in the process. And also the, one of the most important thing in Bitcoin is that, you know, the 21 million cap. And how do you actually validate the 21 million is to, you know, run a node. You can easily validate and audit the state and supply of Bitcoin at any point of time. So, um, but why is this important to the beginners, you would say? Well, um, for beginners, you, you need to understand that the decentralized aspect of Bitcoin comes as strong as how um, how defensible Bitcoin is towards, um, you know, this kind of attacks, whether it's state-sponsored, uh, whether it's some rich dude with a lot of Bitcoin trying to sort of like uh, turn Bitcoin into the version that he or she or a group of people want. Um, you know, the more nodes you have equals more decentralized and, you know, and, and, and it keeps Bitcoin truth to what it is. Um, running a node is something that, you know, it's getting better. Uh, it, it used to be quite difficult in the past, um, I, I admit. Uh, we've, with right now, you have, you know, AB, uh, ABC Core, uh, AB Core that you can run on Android. You can just use it on a spare phone. Um, you can run it on a hosted, um, um, you know, hosted device. Um, you know, you can, you can, you can basically, if you really want to know about this, uh, the best person to talk to is, um, is Katan from Ministry of Note, if you're, <laughs> if you're in Australia. So it teaches you how to run nodes and different ways of complexity. But if, you, if you're just getting started, I would say that don't jump right to it. Just read more about, read more about why, why is running a node important? Because it's very important for you uh, as users to understand why do you do something in Bitcoin? And, and it goes down the rabbit hole, why this thing exists, why that rule exists. And, and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And I noticed uh, when I met you in person, actually, I noticed you were running a, a Bitcoin node on your phone with AB Core. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience with that? And, uh, you know, would you recommend that for other people? Or would you say that's more like a power user thing? I think that's a power user thing, because um, there's a couple of things that you might want to want, not, not want to do. Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a power user myself, so I, I'm a bit reckless. Um, but running a node on your phone, um, it doesn't just eat up a lot of data, um, you know, but it also runs a, a lot of, uh, you know, battery. So you probably want, it, want to tether your phone to like a power source 24-7. Um, I use my node, um, I, I, I tether my, my AB core on my phone to my, my green wallet. So it, it lets me listen in um, you know, uh, you know, without without trusting someone else, and trusting myself. But if I have a, if I I basically carry on the notes a bit more for education channel kind of thing when I show people, hey, you can actually run a note easily on a phone. But um, if you really want to dig deeper, you should explore, you know, specialized, uh, you know, hardware and 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 you know, network requirements and, and and stuff that you can put at home and run securely, you know, through a UPS <laughs> to make sure it doesn't go down. Um, and also never store your coins on the same uh, same device as you're running the note on because you know notes are, notes are expendable. You can always spin up a new one, but if you lose a Bitcoin because of some hardware failure and you, you forget to do some backup, and then you're you're screwed. Uh, Bitcoins that lost Bitcoins are not recoverable. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, people have learned that lesson the hard way sometimes when they've, uh, for example, kept too many coins on, say, a lightning node or, um, you know, I know people uh, in their sometimes in their earlier node experiments, they don't know the backups part of it uh, and they haven't uh, maintained that separation. So I guess longer term, you, you want to think about things like hardware wallets, multi-signature and so on. But um, certainly it's all part of uh, learning how to put it all together is part of that experience. So when you're talking to a new coin, a new coiner or say a pre-coiner today, 
I'm curious, do you normally try to onboard them Bitcoin on-chain or do you try to show them Lightning? What are the, some of the ways that you'll normally teach? I think this, uh, it, it, hap- it, it, does, it does change from time to time. Um, back maybe three years, four years ago, I used to, uh, exp- uh, I used to showcase people, hey, the first thing you can do with Bitcoin is send uh, money from A to B which is kind of not the whole point of Bitcoin. It's like one one part of it, but it's what people are more um, easily tuned into. Because if you just jump right into the conversation of, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, fiat, Bitcoin, you know, decentralized, you know, it's important monetary freedom, people might get kind of bored because it's kind of out of touch of their, of their version of reality. But if you say that, if, if I can send money as quickly and as and as as, uh, as accessible to any uh, from anyone and anywhere as you know, I would send a video message. Um, hey, this is what Bitcoin can do. It's kind of a it's a kind of a sneak peek of of um, you know. Back then, there wasn't Lightning, so you can do it Bitcoin, which pretty um, back then fees wasn't that great and that high. You can do it quite, you know, quite, uh, you know, you know, pretty much anywhere and in in, in high velocities. Um, but since then, you know, we have the Lightning Network, which uh, kind of showcase to to say that hey, you can have a payment layer on top of Bitcoin that does, you know, pretty much what like things like Visa and PayPal does. It's like sending money from A to B. But our main difference is that. There's no intermediary in between that can sort of spy and take logs and and, and survey on your transaction. Um, so it's it's really a big difference on it when when you get, when when I see you know people spin up a lightning wallet and I send it like a few, a few satoshis to them and they receive it and like wow okay this is something really um, instant and really it's real in their in their, in, their, in, their, in their eyes. But going back to like you know how I would demonstrate layer one right um, at this day and age I go by. Hey, you look at how the internet works in layers, right? You have like the whole TCP/IP uh, product, internet protocol stack that is built on top of you know multiple layers. You don't call uh, you know the, the, the function that allows you to call you know a, a stranger's car to pick you up in a, in a specific location doesn't run on the base core protocol. It runs on something like layer whatever layer fifteen or seventeen or twenty. Um, so Bitcoin is kind of like layer one. It's like the, the most stable most um, apolitical layer of the protocol. And um, there's, a, there's a saying that I, that I, like, I, use, I like to compare. It's like there's a Chinese saying that every building that is like a thousand meters tall uh, starts from the foundation. So if you don't have a strong layer one, um, you don't have, you know, you can't really scale um, things like payments or high velocity, um, you, know, uh, you know, gossip networks on top of it. So yeah, I mean, to, and to to go back to the question is that it, it does it does change, but I think how I would usually interface with users is the payments part of it because that's what people can relate to the most. Yeah, I've I've also gone back and forward myself in terms of what I use to demonstrate for people. Sometimes I have to think about what are they going to be more interested in. And so if I think they might be more interested in just seeing a lightning demonstration of paying, you know, a light, just a small lightning payment, um, or are they more interested in that sort of idea of savings? And then that, that sort of drives what sort of wallet or experience I'm going to try and demonstrate for them. I mean, for some people, it may make sense for them literally to just start straight on a hardware wallet, right? Like just literally get a ledger or a Trezor or something like that and just stack into that because if they're already buying larger amounts, 
well, maybe that's a better way for them to start. Um, but then the other people, they might be more interested in seeing the lightning part to see, oh, okay, I can pay for an, uh, an article on yours.org or things like that. So I guess that's um, at least how I'm thinking about it. Uh, how do you sort of uh, treat it in terms of trying to step someone up that ladder of learning about Bitcoin? Yeah, I think you nailed it pretty pretty well. So yeah, understand your 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 audience. So, um, but lucky for me, um, you know, most of my friends and family that I talk to um, that usually come to me with these kind of questions, they all come from a uh, they they don't come from a really sophisticated tech background. So they don't really demand see the intricacies of how you know Bitcoin works. And when it comes to, I, I've dealt with a couple of um, people that are really interested to. Uh, you know, invest or look into Bitcoin as part of their, you know, either their family offices investment, uh, you know, you know, you know that that the mix of their their portfolio, um, and that that's where I go into more. Hey, you know, the the importance of having, uh, you know, holding your keys, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Um, these are the few options that you can you can explore, custom your coins, multi sig. Uh, but for general day to day users. I usually go like, hey, you know, first get a Lightning wallet, and hey, I send you some toasters, and then I, I show you this is all the cool plays online that you can you can you can go experiment uh, and 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 play with your you know your your assets that I just sent you like you know uh, through either through um, you know just face to face or it could be like someone from uh, an entire different part of the world, and I think one of the cool things I like I always do 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 get them to explore is the um, um, there, there is this thing uh, that what's that what's that website called again? That's a that's a site I can't I can't remember the top of my head, but it allows you to sort of pay um, some sets to tag locations with a message. So it's like a it's it's I think it's uh, it's the same developer that does uh, sets for like you know that that thing that lets you earn sets satoshis for you know, uh, okay on Twitter sort of like like Satoshi's place but a newer version of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a it's like a real world Satoshi's place. Um, you can go to like a Google. It's a fork of like Google Map that you can insert images or insert text at certain locations, and it depends on how long or how complex that 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 uh, that function is. You can, you can be a picture, it can be a GIF. Um, you know that determines how much set you pay for it, and then it get it stays there for like pretty much forever. So it's pretty cool to see that you know once you hit send on the, on and that and that and that on that app, and then things just magically happens. Yeah, that's great. And so in terms of Lightning, uh, what sort of wallets do you normally use when you're demoing or teaching? So I usually use, uh, back then, um, I was pretty pretty early user. I was using like the Eclair um, like Lightning wallet, like the one, the old one. Um, you know, back then there was the only usable Lightning wallet there. Um, had a couple of reckless incidents during that <laughs> early days. Uh, and right right now, um, I either get them to use Blue Wallet or, you know, Wallet of Satoshi. Um, um, I recently started uh, getting them to use, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the L&D wallet that was developed by Lightning Labs. But that, you know, that, because that requires a little bit more, you know, technical knowledge on, you know, how... How long it does it take for the neutrino, uh, the node to spin on, and sometimes it takes a while to sync. Sometimes it, you know the fee calculation um, needs a bit of work on. So I usually stay between blue and wallet Satoshi. But if someone that is more a little bit more sophisticated, I will either push them to like um, the uh, Lightning Wallet by Lightning Labs or you know Eclair. The new Eclair is pretty good. Yeah, right, right. And because Eclair is still being maintained uh, separately from Phoenix, which is like the I think of Phoenix like the uh, really easy Android uh, wallet that you can just start up and 
people can just have a go with it and it's non-custodial but there's certain trade-offs with it um so yeah phoenix is a great one for that and then typically i'm usually showing them breeze or blue wallet as well so usually yeah blue wallet's a good one if they're on iphone i think um uh, that's like kind of from a lightning perspective um so I, I also wanted to chat a little bit about how the understanding of bitcoin has evolved over time and so i think over that time, people initially thought of it like, oh, hey, it's all transactional commerce. And I know obviously working with Travel by Bit, you were involved uh, with the team helping merchants who wanted to accept Bitcoin. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and you know, kind of how you saw the understanding shift around using it for day-to-day commerce? Yeah. Um, so in, in Australia, what we did with Travel by Bit was uh, Travel by Bit was not just a travel booking website, uh, which I have now merged with Traveller. Um, back then, we, what we were doing is that we um, enabled uh, Bitcoin point of sale so, uh, to merchants across you know the country. So we have um, you have Brisbane Airport as one of our one of our flagship. Um, you know the, the airport council was really open. Have a couple of meetings, introduce you know Bitcoin and, and, and the potential of it, and quite open to it because you know if you think about it, like when every time when you travel, like you got all this leftover uh, cash that you really don't know what to do. Like I, st- I still have like coins, you know, some like you know, uh, you know, for my travels that is just you know, sitting somewhere in my wardrobe doing nothing. But you know, before every time before I travel, before I fly off to, to, from a country, I would wish that I had a better way to spend it rather than like buy an extra espresso that I don't really need <laughs> and then lose sleep yeah. on a plane. Um, so and tr- what 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 we did and convinced the Apple Council was that hey you know you can you can let people experiment to pay with Bitcoin. It's not going to be like replacing you know you know uh, you know mainstream commerce in like you know in a day on a year, but you know it gives um, you know people a hit space that this technology is real. Um, and people, we saw, you know, we, we ever built a tracker site to see uh, when people start paying at certain locations and, and a little ping shows up on a website to say, hey, someone just paid for a coffee at this location. Someone just paid for, you know, a, a pair of shoes there. Um, I think what's really interesting is that and during that project, we were one, we were the world's first, I believe, to roll out Lightning Network point of sales to a uh, physical you know, merchant network. It's pretty cool. I think we still have it on some merchants, um, but I'm, I'm not directly involved in the in, in the company anymore since I move on to move on to doing Binance Australia. But uh, that was a really interesting um, time. You know, we did experiment. We did do a lot of firsts in the world. Uh, we did get a lot of feedback from users on on what they hope to see, uh, how they hope to you know that the point of sale to evolve and add features and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, it was really uh, interesting. And I guess from my perspective here in Sydney, what I saw is in 2013 and 14 and the kind of the, the hallowed uh, merchant adoption days and people were trying to get pubs and restaurants and everything to accept Bitcoin. Uh, but sadly, what happened is it was kind of like people would start taking Bitcoin and then there would be some turnover or there wouldn't be that many people actually paying with Bitcoin. And then some of the staff inside those restaurants or pubs or whatever would forget how to take Bitcoin because they hadn't like not that many people were kind of really using it day to day. Um, so I think that just for me, when I whenever I'm thinking about like our oh, merchant adoption and so on, and like I, I guess it, it is a lesson for us in terms of how to uh, teach Bitcoin that maybe in it may be more 
amenable to teach it as a savings technology at first, right? Even though you can, obviously, nobody's stopping you. You can use it for peer-to-peer transactions. Um, it, it may just be that we have to build the savings kind of aspect of it uh, before the spending aspect becomes more prominent. But with that said, it's probably also fair to say that during a bull market, Every, all numbers go up, right? So you'll just see a lot of people spending just because they've quote unquote become, well, they have, they've, they've got a wealth effect. They've become richer. So you'll see a lot more people spending there. But what's your view there around, you know, the narratives of Bitcoin and how best to teach it to people? I think with Lightning Network, as a given example, back uh, go back to Lightning Network, is that uh, it allows us to demonstrate uh, Bitcoin as more than a, more than just a payment technology that, that day-to-day people can understand. It's um, using Bitcoin as a uh, digital court. So um, payments is just one example is that, you know, you can, it, it, by paying you something, right, that Bitcoin transaction can actually mean a lot of things. It can mean a contract. It can mean a, 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 a signing of an ownership of an asset um, or a, just a, you know, uh, it's, it's just basically packets of, of data, right? So you can you can you can insert anything you want into a Bitcoin transaction or or give it meaning of something. Payments as you know, it's just something that it was really convenient back then. But with the Lightning Network, you can actually see people building contracts and people building you know uh, layers on top of it that enables uh, you know. Um, functions that you wouldn't otherwise be even remotely possible. So, like high frequency, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, high frequency payments. That you know, if, if you try to pay something with like Visa, or PayPal, there's usually a limit that you can pay with. So, like I think the Lightning Network's hypothetical payments, uh, you know, that that velocity, something like twenty million transactions a second. Um, it's just because it's not it's not it's not bound to the the, the block size of Bitcoin. It's, it's bound to the channels that is you know that's that's currently open on the Lightning Network. So um, it, it's it's really it's really interesting because um, to me that that is why that is why I you know that that is kind of the thing that kind of bothers me back then is that you know, there's all this cool stuff that's currently is being built outside of Bitcoin that I would hope that you someone would just experiment it on Bitcoin itself. But you know. You know, early early days there wasn't a really uh, scalable layer two like Lightning. You know, people try to you know, experiment Mastercoin, Omni, uh, call it coins, um, but before it, and, and it kind of like warped into a, in a place that it's 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 kind of bothering these. You know, it's kind of like eating into the decentralized aspect of the base layer. That's kind of like why it generally is a little debate, and a lot of these projects didn't took off the ground. But with Lightning, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't really pop. Uh, you know, doesn't really you know, take up space on base layer. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't contaminate it with like spam, spam data and stuff like that. And you can actually see the potential of people building, you know, cool stuff. You know, like how you know, uh, Doctor, you know, Maxim Olovsky was built. You know, is currently doing the RGB uh, LNBPP stack on top of you know Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. Um, I would like to see more, more, more experimentations on that front. But when it comes to day-to-day users, I still think you know payments for regular users. It's really something that people can relate to, um, and custody of coins. Um, it's something for more you know high net worth and people with a bit more 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 money at stake. We've also got to chat about earning Bitcoin because that's also a great way for people to get started as well. Um, so you know they can run a online shop or they can have a lightning wallet on their phone and earn at a market and things like that and sell just on their phone. Um, do you have any thoughts around earning Bitcoin and what are some ways that you've seen people do it? 
yeah, I think the essence of earning bitcoins that you know you you have to be a certain kind of person that 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 will do that. Um, you know, you know by by that by that definition, if you're earning Bitcoin, means that you're you're looking and valuing things around you in Bitcoin, right? So using Bitcoin as a numerator, like how you know that the episode with Prussian fish, um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of like you don't you don't actually have to earn Bitcoin because the place that you can earn Bitcoin in a in a in a scalable or you know you know, of a livable kind of like level, it's pretty limited, right? There's like uh, places with my, like micro lenser, there's stack work. Uh, there are places that allows you to shop and earn Bitcoin, but those usually come at really small kind of trivial amounts. But, you know, if there's always ways that you, you want to sort of like get, get, you know, if you want to convert your pay into Bitcoin or you want to do something like that, there's always brokerage exchanges that can, can you can do it, um, you know, pretty easily at this, at this day and age. You know, it's pretty. It's kind of like what we did for Binance Australia is that you can just deposit, you know, uh, you know, money through Pay ID, and you see it instantly in your in your exchange wallet. You can you can buy Bitcoin with it. You can take it out, whatever you want. So it's it's kind of like we we, we our, our job here is just to lower the barrier of people um, to move between fiat and Bitcoin, um, and because like if if we kind of create services that only allows people to to do one thing um, that that traction will you know with will struggle um, a lot of this earned Bitcoin sites tend to you know come and go um, but we do, if we're gonna have just a open marketplace that people can decide when and how they want to do it that's another way to look at it it's like um, you can you can get paid in fiat but if you value your 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 work and your time in Bitcoin you can choose to convert some part of it or you know you're a bit you're a bit, a bit uh, you're a bit reckless you want to convert all part of it I don't recommend it um, into Bitcoin you know feel free to uh, no one's no, no one's stopping you on that great and so yeah let's t- let's talk a bit about binance Australia so when did binance Australia launch and tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys have going there yeah, so Binance Australia, uh, we launched it uh, late last month on uh, July. Um, it is it is a it is our flagship product that we we allow you know users in Australia to deposit um, AUD directly on you know into the Binance account and you know buy you know buy crypto with it. So previously in 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 Australia, there's a lot of you know uh, barriers of you know you know moving money in and out of fiat in from crypto to fiat. And it's something that you know we even as a user, I find it really hard for me to 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 move money um, from exchanges to an exchange from from AUD into exchanges, and then from another exchange to to like let's say Binance, where you know the liquidity is the highest. So it, it this it is kind of a, a revolutionary move that we we experiment. Um, Binance Australia is a regulated crypto exchange in Australia. We are registered with Austrac, um, so that gives a sense of you know security for users, a sense of peace that that you know what we're doing here it's it's hundred percent compliant to all Australian laws. Um, they don't have they no longer have to you know jump through hoops just to you know acquire some Bitcoin for their own or you know for their for for whatever reason uh, they see fit. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's it's all part of uh, our 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 goal. Our vision is to you know promote the freedom of money to people. Uh, that's that's kind of you know uh, what we what we kind of want people to 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 do it. And one of the ways that you know is to get the access of Bitcoin easier and lower the barrier of it to more people. And as a larger exchange, I presume, then part of the value there for the customer is just the liquidity, right? The ability to buy a larger amount if they wish, uh, where um, 
depending on what kind of platform or if they're trying to earn Bitcoin that way, you might not be able to get the right kind of volume that you would want, right? Yes, exactly. And so in terms of um, you know Binance Australia and then sort of the hookup with Binance globally, how's it working there in terms of like order books and things like that? Yeah, so um, Binance Binance only has the you know is one of the it's the biggest exchange by trading volume, no doubt. Um, so if you wanna if you wanna trade Bitcoin uh, per se, and your entry point is Australian dollars, previously what what users would tend to do is that they would deposit AUD, uh, go through a local exchange or local brokerage. Uh, once they get their Bitcoin, they would then send their Bitcoin on chain to Binance and then trade you know uh, you know you know all, all sorts of other assets they, they they want on top of Binance. But what we do what we did here is to remove that middle step for users. Um, so that you know, users can have access to liquidity faster. They can have access to um, exchange and exchange with a you know much higher and much larger better rep- global reputation uh, than local exchanges. Um, and also, the more, more importantly, is to is to know that you know Binance is here for for Aussies. It's not it's not just an exchange that is sitting overseas that has no you know connection and has no um, you know uh, care for Australian users. We we do actually we act we do actually talk to our users a lot. Like we've been we've been in community for so long actually, even though we just launched about a month ago. Um, but you know we, we you know. A lot of we, we talked to a lot of users throughout meetups. Um, you know, we had we hosted, we sponsored, we we partnered locally um, for you know pretty much for the whole last two years actually. Great, and so let's chat a little bit about balancing that aspect of you know being a Bitcoin guy but working at a crypto company. Now, I guess people have different uh, concerns or criticisms they might raise. They might say, uh, you know, you, I'm sure you probably saw Rusty's post about the 57 types of pyrite or um, that aspect how do you balance that yourself in terms of you know being primarily interested in bitcoin but also having to uh, offer the broader quote unquote crypto yeah i think that's a that's a very good question i i do think about it uh, myself a lot as well so um if, even though at the beginning of trial by bit you know the, for the fact that we offer uh, lightning uh, point of sale but at the same time we do allow users to choose uh, other assets they want to pay in so I think it comes down to to the fact that I realized that we are all very early in the space um, it is our duty to still it's still our duty to understand what the user wants what the, what what the market wants instead of locking ourselves into what we believe is best for the user you know I have my own opinion on Bitcoin I have my own opinion of other coins but I I do tend to um, you know not pollute that that with you know the, the professional uh, line of work that I'm in, um, because think about it, right? It's not an exchange job to censor projects or, or dictate users what and what not to do. Uh, you know, Binance do does a pretty, does a pretty good job at explaining Bitcoin intro, intro, introduction to Bitcoin to beginners through the Binance Academy website. And you look just look at the quality of project listing compared to a lot of other exchanges, right? You know, only a small fraction. It's a very it's a known fact that Binance only allows a small small fraction of coin projects to get approved. And and if you look from the other perspective, right, Google's job, um, you know, uh, is not to censor information of what Google's execs think is good or bad for its consumers. Google's job is to sort the best quality information for the for its users when they need them. So, well, I think we're still pretty early. Uh, what we can do um, is to sort of like you know let people have the choice to learn and put out the best information for people to choose what's best for them. Instead of you know locking down people into into a certain state of mind, and you, we might we might not be able to see the bigger picture here if we do that. Uh, I suppose one other concern that listeners might have is uh, just around 
So Celine Jin from Blockstream has uh, spoken about this concept of quote unquote dark patterns that sometimes, you know, a website might present to you a sort of false dichotomy or like a false image that, oh, these are all the same sort of thing when really Bitcoin is different. What do you think about that? I think there aren't, there's no doubt that there are, there are, there are other exchanges that are doing this kind of things. But if you really look into uh, what Binance do and the values of Binance is, you know, we, we are here to promote the freedom of money. Um, and the freedom of money would be that, you know, people can have the freedom of choice to choose. And, you know, like, like my previous question, uh, we do have a lot of good contents to inform people into what Bitcoin is and what Bitcoin isn't. Um, I think the team did a very good piece on the halving, uh, you know, that happened earlier this year explaining what Bitcoin and it really drilled down into the aspects of you know the details that a lot of a lot of you know um, you know Bitcoin focused people would 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 adhere to. I definitely recommend people you know recommend people to check that out. So you can you can say that you know uh, that's not that's that's not what you know we we are here to do is to tell people that hey everything is the same. Um, it's it's more about giving people access and giving people content and letting people to decide you know uh, what what's best for them. In terms of the Australian scene, let's chat a little bit about what you think the Australian Bitcoin scene needs. What's most needed? I think it's about um, education, um, recognition, support for developers, I would say. Uh, it's actually two points, really. So education is one thing. Um, more, a lot more conversations need to happen with you know, the Bitcoin group and the non-Bitcoin groups. Because um, you know, what, what I tend to see is that you know, if we have two siloed conversations in each project and each, uh, you know, its respective thought of, you know, the school of thought. It's very hard for people to bridge that understanding and actually to see and compare by themselves because when, when they go to a Bitcoin meetup, all they hear is Bitcoin. When you go to a, go to a, you know, a blockchain meetup, all they hear is about all the, you know, industry use case, probably mentioned Bitcoin like two, two times in the span of two hours. That's, that's it. So, but to have conversations, um, you know, equal, you know, on an equal platform to have it really sorted out in front of users, you know, whether it is from of debating or just a friendly panels talk, that will really help to bridge the connection um, between, you know, what Bitcoin is, what Bitcoin isn't, or what blockchain is and what blockchain isn't for new users. And uh, when it comes to like supporting developers, um, I would say that, you know, Bitcoin is, well, obviously Bitcoin, you know, is an open source project. There's a lot of, you know, things to fix. Um, there's a lot of things to be worked on. Um, you know, if you think work is done on layer one, there's still work to be done on layer two, layer three. And uh, developers right now mostly are working based on their own, uh, on their own time and their own passion. Um, and there are a lot of good developers in Australia. Like you know, Rusty is a good example. He's, he's one of the one of the you know one of the one of the best Bitcoin developers that I've that, I, that I've ever seen, and probably one of the best in Australia uh, actually. So um, it's just better support and recognition for the work that they have put in, and also uh, more support and more uh, interactions. Um, you know, with, that we can we can sort of like you know put out as, you know, um, businesses that, you know, would benefit on the growth in understanding of, you know, Bitcoin. Cool. Uh, would uh, Binance Australia look at that kind of thing as well uh, of uh, development sponsorships for Bitcoin developers? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we are always open to it. Um, uh, we actually, we're actually planning um, a couple of things in that line. Um, you know, it just got, it just got a bit of a, a shelf based on uh, the, the the recent launch, and, and everyone's busy. But you know, when things get settled down, that's really what I really want to explore is to 
look out for all the good developers in the space and have some kind of like you know recognition or some kind of sponsorship to keep that you know keep that good work going have you got any predictions in terms of let's say this next year or two uh, do you see any particular hurdles to further bitcoin adoption just broadly like whether that's like government rules and regulations uh, or just kind of common misunderstandings around bitcoin or do you do you think like this time around we're going to see better messaging around bitcoin I think I think with compared to what we were before, like in 2014, 2015, there wasn't a Stefan de Vera podcast. There wasn't, <laughs> there, there wasn't, there wasn't Ministry of Notes. There wasn't Binance Australia. So I think the future is bright. Uh, we have we have better uh, we have better educators. Uh, we have you know more high quality contents for new users. We have you know uh, you know better and more accessible platforms for people whether they are from you know just you know wanting to buy their first Bitcoin or they're like serious traders and stuff. So I think industrial is pretty bright. Um, I, I do I do I do see definitely you know challenges in in continuing challenges for in terms of understanding. Uh, it's a new technology, no doubt, and a lot of people have their own, um, you know, sort of opinions tied to you know this thing called Bitcoin, this thing called blockchain. It's but it's in, but it's kind of in, inevitable, you know, in the early days of the internet, you know, people say all kinds of you know you know stuff about it. Um, not not all of them are wrong uh, because you know it is very you know, it's a very decentralized space. Uh, people do a lot of things. People are free to do a lot of things, and that comes at a cost. <laughs> yeah, I mean decentralized decentralization comes at a cost. You know, you can't always maintain order and, and come you know at any point of time. There's always gonna be differences in opinions, um, differences in you know in, in, in voice, and, and you know it's it's not it's it's kind of like our job to make sure that the users get the best information sort of in front of the face, um, but you know not not to the point that we kind of censor uh, you know. Uh, you know, you know, words and censor and opinions and projects for users. That's not what we are here for. So, Jeff, if listeners want to find you online or they want to find Binance Australia, where can they find you? So, Binance Australia is just on uh, au.binance.com. Um, you don't have to create a new Binance account for that. Your, your existing Binance account is your Binance Australia account. Um, you just got to do, you know, um, update your KYC um, just to make sure that we stay compliant for Australian laws. And then, you know, we can start depositing AUD after that. Yeah, pretty cool. So if you want to find me personally, um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is vnumerous. Um, you know, Stefan, you could probably tag it somewhere. Uh, but, you know, I, I stay quite low profile on Twitter. Um, you know, pretty much on social media, I'm pretty quiet. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me, Jeff. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks. Thanks, Stefan. Get the show notes at stefanlevera.com. That's it for me. See you guys in the Citadels.